Welcome to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast with your host, Coach Kramer. This is episode 27, how to get started and how to keep going. Hello, smart human. This week, I'm recording the podcast in my beautiful studio in 30 degree heat. But hey, I can record a podcast for you, even though it's hot. And this week, I am focusing on something a lot of smart people struggle with, how to get started on projects, big or small, and how to keep going. Because let's be honest, there is so much you could be doing There are so many interesting avenues and possibilities. It's very easy to get distracted even before you start. So how do you get started and stay on track? Well, you may be thinking that you can motivate yourself by finding your why, for example, which, by the way, is absolutely wonderful. But when it comes to starting, motivation is very overrated. And in this episode, you'll learn what generates motivation from a neurological perspective as well as a very useful concept called the progress loop. You'll get lots of tips to apply this to your work and life so you can get started on those important projects you've been avoiding, but that you really want or need to work on, whether it's admin, writing an application letter, creating, shipping a new product, reaching out to someone you've been, you know, want to get in touch with, all the things. And here's the most important thing to know. And if this is the only thing you take away from this this podcast, I am happy and content. You ready? Motivation is generated by doing, not by thinking. And I'll say that again. Motivation is generated by doing, not by thinking. Most of us think we need to get motivated before we can start, which, you know, it makes sense. I want to start, I need to like build myself up to get excited about starting, motivate myself, get in touch with why I want to do the thing, etc, etc. But guess what motivates us most from a neurological standpoint? Progress. Our brains fucking love progress. It doesn't matter how small. And this is exactly why online games are so bloody addictive. They're designed to let you progress every couple of minutes and give you a nice dopamine hit, which makes you very motivated to keep playing. I have to say, I have experienced this when I was down with COVID and I started playing a train simulation game. My iPad, insanely addictive, amazing, very well designed from that perspective. But now we have a bit of a paradox because if progress is the biggest, easiest, cheapest way to motivate ourselves, how can we get started at all? Because you can't use progress as a motivator if you haven't even begun. And this is where you need to use a tool I've talked about in earlier podcast episodes on goals and on procrastination. Start small. You have to break up your task or project or whatever you're going to do during the day into bite-sized pieces. And I think a lot of people misunderstand what bite-sized actually looks like. Because let's say, for example, you need to write an article 
And you may think about breaking it up like this. Number one, do research. Then create a mind map, gather your thoughts, write an outline, write the first draft, edit, write the second draft, put it aside for a couple of days, reread, do the final edits and publish. Which looks fair enough, right? Like a nice breakdown of all the steps. But this is not bite-sized and this will make it incredibly hard to actually get started. Because step one, do research, isn't even specific enough and definitely not small enough. So let's make it specific first. We're going to change do research into spend two hours researching whatever the topic is online. See how different that is and feels, right? And even if you only have half an hour, it's going to feel so different to your brain and maybe even your body if your plan is to spend 30 minutes on Google instead of do research. So never make it open-ended because you, you'll never want to start because you you can never finish, basically. And your brain does not like that. Okay, now let's make, let's sorry, let's break those two hours researching the topic online up into micro steps. Here we go. One, type search term in Google or whatever search engine you're using. Two, open five tabs. Three, create a simplified article in Evernote of the articles, you know, you're studying. Four, print articles and study them. Five, if there's time left, rinse and repeat. Very simple, right? This is how I do my research mostly. I love Evernote, highly recommend it, but that's a different story. Um, so this is small bite-sized steps. And can you take that first step? Can you open Google and type in a search term? Of course you can. There is zero starting friction. You do not need to motivate yourself to use Google. And the same for the second step and so on. And this is what bite-sized looks like. You want all the steps to have zero starting friction. And this means that you need to know exactly what you're supposed to be doing and have all the necessary resources at hand. Now, Teresa Amabile and Stephen Kramer, my namesake, who coined the progress principle and the idea of progress loops, call these things that support you with your task catalysts. And I'll explain more about these later. But first, let's dive into the progress principle itself. Because, first of all, you have to note that we overestimate the power of big wins and underestimate the power of small ones. Right? So we're like, oh, I need to visualize my goal of making 100K, um, you know, publishing the novel and becoming a New York Times bestselling author, et cetera, et cetera. And we try and visualize that and then somehow use that idea to work towards the goal. But actually, it's much more powerful to focus on the small wins. So I'll say that again, because it's really massively important. And it's one of the core ideas behind the progress principle. We overestimate the power of big wins and underestimate the power of small ones. And to get your stuff done, you need to create progress loops, which are chains of small wins, of micro successes that keep you motivated. And here's an example of, not even an example, this is what actually a progress loop looks like. One, do a small task. Two, get dopamine hit when it's done. Three, feel motivated to do even more. 
go back to the beginning, do a small task, get dopamine hit, feel motivated to do even more, etc., etc. You can see how that how this can create massive um, momentum. It looks in itself, it's already pretty good because you keep going and you get a lot of shit done. But this isn't just a circle, right? It's a positive upward spiral that generates more positive emotions and well-being which e with each completed loop is pretty powerful. So you want to keep yourself progress looping, <laughs> so fun, for as long as possible because the rewards accumulate, just like in a game. Now, how do you stay in the progress loop? Because this sounds all very wonderful, but, you know, life. So in addition to breaking your tasks up into micro steps, as I explained earlier, you need to celebrate your progress, however tiny. And this does not need to involve a dance party, although it totally could. And this can be a great way to check your workout box. But it can be as simple as striking through a thing on your to-do list or coloring in a to-do dot or high-fiving yourself if you figure it out how to do that or saying yes or some other positive affirming phrase. So then your progress loop will look something like this. Start with a frictionless task and get it done celebrate, however small, use the dopamine hit as a motivation for the next task, and again, repeat until the task is done or you run out of time, or both. <laughs> now, Amabile and Kramer found that whether you end up in a positive progress loop or a negative feedback loop is actually influenced by the presence of what they call catalysts and nourishers versus inhibitors and toxins. And it's not going to surprise you to learn that catalysts and nourishers support your goals and inhibitors and toxins undermine them. And here are some examples of these two pairs to give you a feel for them. Catalysts can be setting clear, specific goals, experiencing autonomy, giving yourself sufficient resources, allocating ample time. This is massively important, people. Seriously, tight deadlines do not help asking for and receiving help, learning from challenges and successes. And then we have the opposite of catalysts. They're evil twins, inhibitors. And these are vague goals, right? Lack of agency, for example, when you have to endlessly wait on other people's input. Too much pressure or too tight deadlines, no help, no support, um, or allowing challenges and bumps in the road to derail you. And then the other pair we have is nourishers which can be experiencing respect and recognition. And you can even, if you don't have any coworkers or you know, don't work with other people, give this to yourself. Encouragement, emotional comfort. This, again, is massively important. Do you allow yourself to experience the emotions that come with doing stuff, hard stuff? That will make it so much easier to you know, finish the work. And also having connections around your project or goal can be incredibly supportive. And then the toxins, right? Again, the evil twin, disrespect, discouragement, disregard for emotions, uh, conflict and feeling disconnected, right? So, you know, from a personal perspective, this is also where negative self-talk um, comes in. Do not indulge in that. And here is a first catalyst for you. I want you to consider downloading the transcript of this episode so you can actually keep this overview handy because it's a great resource. And you can find it on my website, coachcramer.org, under podcast. 
So before you start working on a project, you want to give yourself some time to check if you have done enough to keep the saboteurs at bay and set yourself up to win. And then you have everything you need to know to get started. But now, how do you keep going once you get started? That's the other part of the equation. And let's be honest here, life is not perfect. The concept of a progress loop is powerful, but your life probably doesn't look like a computer game with constant successes. You will hit obstacles. You will experience problems and even failure. And the negative effect of these can be powerful and actually stop you in your tracks. So how you react to setbacks is massively important. And this, again, is where those catalysts and nourishers, these helpers, come in. If you've allowed yourself plenty of time to complete your tasks, if you have help at hand and you feel emotionally safe, you stand a much bigger chance of not completely getting tripped up. For example, let's say a piece of essential information to complete your task is missing. Maybe it's an invoice you cannot find, or maybe you're waiting on input from someone who's not responding to your messages. Or maybe the department you're trying to reach is closed on Friday. Basically, you've hit a snag. Now what? First, you want to make room for your feelings. Do not try and brush them under the carpet and sort of rationalize them away. Oh, I shouldn't be annoyed by this, or I shouldn't let this frustrate me. Just take a couple of minutes to feel and process your frustration, maybe even vent, right? Be disappointed. Feel whatever it is you're feeling. And by the way, if you're not sure how to do this, I've covered it in episode 16 on how to feel better. But don't do that for more than 10, 15 minutes, right? After that, you want to go straight back to basic principles. What is the next one small thing you you can do right now? And it doesn't even necessarily need to be related to your project. It can also be something like, Go on a short walk to clear your head, right? Or do the dishes. But anything you can do to start making progress and again get motivated because you get things done, right? You want to get back on that train of small achievements. So, to recap, whenever you get stuck, take these steps. First of all, feel all the feels, then find a micro action you can take and then take it. Remember, it can be anything that keeps you out of the negative feedback loops and gets you back to doing things, thus generating more motivation. You really want to avoid mulling on what went wrong, who's to blame, that it's also stupid, outrageous, etc. Yes, it is. And you can also just go do something else. So how do you apply this on a daily basis? Well, I, I'm going to be honest. I get stuck at least a dozen times a day. I mean, seriously, I experience starting friction, anxiety, insecurity, all the things not to mention massive distraction. But using these tools, I still get a lot of things done, like creating a weekly podcast. And I think the biggest shift for me was when I no longer allowed myself to stay stuck. Right. Or when I felt stuck to distract myself with going on social media, checking the news, etc., etc. So now when I hit an obstacle, I allow myself to be frustrated or whatever I'm feeling for for a maximum of 15 minutes. And then I have to get moving again. And don't get me wrong, this is not in an unkind way. I'm not beating myself up. I don't have to push myself to work on something that right now just is not working or is impossible. 
But I have made a pact with myself that I will find something I can do if only clean up the pantry or take out the trash, right? Or go through my inbox, whatever it is. I will find something that will get me back into that progress loop. So to summarize, you want to first set yourself up for success by reinforcing what helps and reducing what undermines you. Second, make sure you have a micro action you can take to kickstart every day. It's so much easier to start work every day with something that is just a no-brainer. You just get started, you do it, you feel amazing. And this is actually contrary to the advice, like start with the the big rocks or eat the frog. No, (laughs) first of all, do not eat frogs. Second, start with a small thing and then you can tackle the big scary thing it's so much easier to do that when you have momentum so that could even be your second thing but just do not make it your first thing and the third thing is create just create a simple getting unstuck protocol to have handy when you hit that bump which is pretty much inevitable right so for me there's a 15 minute rule after 15 minutes I need to move on and go do something else and get back into that loop so you get to decide what that looks like for you but decide ahead of time so that you don't think about it in the moment and if you haven't already you want to check out the episodes on goal setting and procrastination for lots of additional tips and strategy but seriously give this work a try it can make a massive difference not only to your productivity but also to your self-confidence and overall well-being being it's totally worth doing let me know how it goes via podcast at elsacraber.com i will talk to you next wednesday have an amazing week bye bye smart human probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to manage that smart mind of yours and the first step is actually getting your bearings doing a little brain audit and I have the perfect tool for that the mapping your unique brain workbook and you can actually download it for free at www.coachkramer.org slash brain map. So that's coachkramer.org slash brain map. Go check it out and play with it and take your first step to managing your smart mind. Mm-hmm.